0: Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
1: Is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the ones who curse you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Thanks you to God. our second reading from Romans.
0: What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works... He has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one, who without works trusts him who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, then faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks,
2: Thanks Lin and Tom. <coughs> Would you please stand for the gospel reading? Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. John chapter 3, reading from the first verse. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe... How can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. And may I speak now in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that your name is glorified, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Would you please be seated? If you look the word faith up in a dictionary, it's defined as a high degree of trust or confidence in something. Thankfully, the Bible contains a clear definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And simply put, the biblical definition of faith is trusting in something that you can't explicitly prove trusting in something you can't explicitly prove. God called Abraham to leave his native country for a land that he would show him. And that in itself was an act of faith, to leave the certainty of familiar surroundings for an unknown place. Then when Abraham arrived in Canaan, God promised to give the land to him and to his descendants who would become the nation of Israel. The Lord promised that the whole world would be blessed through Abraham and his descendants. And again, if you know the story of Abraham, faith was required on Abram's part as he was 75 when he departed from Haran. And when God promises him a child from his wife Sarah, he's a 100 and she 90 years old, well past childbearing age. So how much faith was required from Abraham to believe the promise he would be specially blessed with a son by his aged wife. Yet as we know, Abraham trusted in God and God's promise that he could not explicitly prove. And I believe that there were two aspects of his faith. First, Abraham believed. That is, he mentally agreed or he intellectually assented that God's promise was true. Secondly, he showed trust in God by actually relying on the fact that God's promise was true. Hence, he left his homeland to go somewhere new and unknown. And hence, even when God commands him to sacrifice his only child born to Sarah, his wife, he was willing to do so. He relied on a promise, again, that he could not explicitly prove that the whole world would be blessed through Abraham and the descendants of his wife, Sarah. No wonder in our epistle, Paul praises the example of Abraham And look at those words again. Abraham believed God. This is what Paul wrote to the Romans. Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but as something due. But to one who without works trusts him, who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. Abraham believed in God and trusted him by doing what he was commanded to do. Even when he couldn't see how God was going to fulfill his promise. And this can happen to you. It happened to me recently and hopefully we'll soon I'll have a testimony of that to share. God said do something and I thought it's not what I would do in my irrational. And I did it. I'm still waiting to see what happens. But I've been faithful and I've got a peace that obeying is vital, is necessary, is what is important. Because Abraham did it when he couldn't see how God was going to fulfill his promise. How much more me. Abraham's faith, in other words, was based on the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, the wonderful news is that what happened with Abraham has happened countless times through history. Ever since then, God has called people to faith in similar circumstances to leave their old lives behind and to turn to a new life in Christ. Now, movie buffs here will know who Chris Pratt, the actor, is. Anybody know who Chris Pratt is? Anybody? A few hands go up. Okay. Okay the star of Guardians of the Galaxy, Jurassic World, The Magnificent Seven, Passengers, Avengers, and so on and so forth. He has shared the story of how he came to faith and how he landed his acting career. Two things that he believes are inextricably linked, how he came to faith and how he landed his acting career. He grew up in a small town in the state of Washington as a country boy from a family that often struggled financially. He wasn't at all uh, a great whiz academically, and it took him some trial and error to find out what he was really meant to do in life. A real turning point for him came when he was getting getting ready to go to a party while living in Hawaii, and working as a waiter at a Bubba Gump shrimp restaurant. Those of you who have been to Florida or the California, will know what Bubba Gump shrimp restaurants are about. He was hoping to find fun at the party through alcohol, drugs, and girls. But he was in for a surprise. A man approached him outside the grocery store and told him, Jesus told me to talk to you. And for some reason, he can't quite explain. Chris Pratt was charmed by this man and listened to him. At that moment, I was like, I think I have to go with this guy. He took me to church. Over the next few days, I surprised my friends by declaring that I was going to change my life. And that's the moment Pratt credits with putting him on a new course. Soon after, he waited on someone at the restaurant who was a star in Hollywood. Through this connection, he got a start in his acting career. And looking back, Chris Pratt says he could see God's hand on his life through all the experiences he had preparing him for his acting career. That's why I believe in God and the divine, he said. So faith, from Abraham and Chris Pratt's perspective, involved trust and hope. Inspired in Abraham's part by hearing from God directly, and Chris Pratt inspired by the words of a Christian who came up and spoke to him and said, I have, Jesus told me, to talk to you. Trust in the promises of God, whether held heard directly from God or through the witness of a believer, is vital. And when we relay the voice of God to others, as we hear it, it builds their faith. At the New Wine Leaders Conference this week, I had the opportunity to pray for others, and two men in particular on one occasion. And I began each time by asking God what he wanted to say to them. Not what they wanted to hear, to say, but what did God want to say to them? And it was overwhelming and humbling to see the effect my relaying of God's words had on them. And at the end of one session with with one gentleman, he said he'd never forget the words for the rest of his life. Because by the time he finished explaining how they dovetailed with his experience and what was going on in his life, I was gobsmacked myself. And I learned a profound lesson. That as we believe and trust God to speak to us for others, so he can build their faith through the confirmation of what he's been saying or doing in their lives. And thinking about all of this, a rough acrostic, it's not quite right, but uh, can we have the next slide, please? A rough acrostic came to mind. And it was this, faith apprises inspired trust and hope. The words A, I just put in some extra A words, but it's faith apprises, apprises means to, to inform, informs inspired trust and hope. Faith apprises or appropriates or accumulates or advises inspired trust and hope. This means faith is informed by trust and hope inspired by God. It's like a virtuous circle. You're inspired by the presence of God to trust in his word to you and believe his promises. And as you do this time and time again, faith grows and you move from just believing to trusting. Now, a sermon illustration used by the great Charles Spurgeon addresses what trust entails. Sorry, I need to learn to make it to go over several screens in proclaim, it seems... Your condition is like that of a boy in a burning house who, having escaped to the edge of the window, hung on by the windowsill. The flames were pouring out of the window underneath, and the poor lad would soon be burnt or, falling, would be dashed to pieces. He therefore held on with a clutch of death. He did not dare to relax his grasp until a strong man stood underneath and said, Boy, drop, drop, I'll catch you. Now, it was no saving faith for the boy to believe that the man was strong. That was a good help towards faith, but he might not have known that and yet have perished. Or rather, but he might have known that and yet have perished. It was faith when the boy let go and drop down into his big friend's arms. And Spurgeon goes on to say, there are you, sinner, clinging to your sins or to your good works. The Saviour cries, drop, drop into my arms. It is not doing. It's not doing all your good works in church or doing good things for your neighbours. It is leaving off doing. It is not working, it is trusting in that work which Jesus has already done. Trust, that is the word, simple, solid, hearty, earnest trust. Trust and it will not take an hour to save you. The moment you trust, you are saved. But I believe it gets even better when we take into account what Jesus said to Nicodemus in our Gospel reading. You must be born again or born from above. No one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. You see, it's like this. Just as a man and woman come together physically and give birth to a baby, so Jesus is saying that us Meeting with God enables the birth of the Holy Spirit within us. And that changes everything because as we experience baptism in the Spirit and receive and use the gifts of the Spirit, so the nature of faith changes. We actually begin to experience eternal life as we experience life in the Spirit. Because when I hear God For you as I pray. When I put my hand out to pray for somebody. And God's power flows through me. Or you praying for somebody else. You are experiencing life in the spirit. But also life. Eternal life. His life is flowing through you. Now at the beginning I said we had a biblical definition of faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. But I think that was Paul's shorthand because there's more to it than that. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, inspired by our experience of the Holy Spirit through being born again. Do you see it? The development? Faith. Is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, inspired by experience of the Holy Spirit through being born again? Because it's as you receive and exercise the gifts of the Spirit, as you develop your hearing of God's voice, that your faith increases exponentially. The faith God. Our receiving of the Spirit builds and reinforces our faith because as we experience the supernatural, we believe more and more of the truth of what the Bible declares about Jesus. Not only that, we fully trust in Jesus for our salvation, a trust reinforced by our experience. Of the Holy Spirit and his guidance in our lives. You see, if you read this book. And even if you believe. What you read about Jesus and who Jesus is. Remember, even the demons believe. It's only as you trust. You go from belief to trusting. And enacting in your own life. That you experience the Spirit and experience eternal life. You get a taste of the life that is going to come. The faith God requires of, of us for salvation is belief in what this says about who Jesus is and what he accomplished, and fully trusting in Jesus for that salvation. That's fine. You believe in him and you fully trust in him for that salvation. But it goes on to say more. The biblical definition of faith does not apply just to salvation. It's equally applicable to the rest of the Christian life, how we live our lives. We are to believe what the Bible says and we are to obey it. We are to believe the promises of God and we are to live accordingly. We are to agree with the truth of God's word And we are to allow ourselves to be transformed by it. You know these famous words from Romans. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the question I have for you now is how do you allow yourself To be transformed by it. How do you allow yourself to be renewed by the word of God and by the spirit? It's only by living and walking by the Holy Spirit. Only by allowing yourself to be guided by him daily. One of the... um, presentations at the conference this week was by somebody I knew from my sending church, John McGinley. Um, he came from the same church in West London um, that I went to theological college from. And he shared about how God has led him out of parish ministry in Leicester to do a new work of bringing the supernatural to people around the country. It's an organisation called the Gregory Centre in London. But it's a fascinating story of how listening to God as to where they should go, the villagers should go, the house they should buy. God gave them clues all the way. And how they were to make an impact on a village of a thousand people through directing him to different people. He was out for a walk one day with his dog and there's a woman across the field on the other side. And God told him to go and talk to the woman. And as he said, he had to run behind the hedge so she wouldn't think she was, he was stalking him, running, running after him, to go and talk to her. And that led to a whole chain of events which led to the people who mattered most in the village coming to Christ and leading to the rebirth of the church in that village. But it's easy to think that was just for John. It's for each one of us. We each need to be listening and obeying what God is telling us to do daily. Waking up each morning and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Give me opportunities to talk about you. Give me opportunities to pray for others. Faith is allowing ourselves to be guided by him daily. Why is this definition of faith so important? That is, living and walking by the Holy Spirit. Why must trust accompany agreeing with facts? Well, again, Hebrews spells it out. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith we cannot be saved. And without trusting ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we cannot be transformed so we truly understand what living by faith means. I had a eureka moment because I happened several days after cogitating on this to read these words. And this is how St. Paul summarizes living by faith. And it's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So we do not lose heart. In the midst of our trials, tribulations. In the midst of our declining health. In the midst of whatever is going on in our lives. Even though our outer nature is wasting away. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight Momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen in the world around us, in our circumstances, in the situations that are bringing us sorrow, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary. But what cannot be seen is eternal. Is this you? Is this your faith? When you are confronted with the challenges of this life. When you can't see the wood for the trees. When everything seems shut down. When everything appears to be going wrong. Because the truth of the matter is, if you're walking intimately with Jesus, you'll rise above that. You will see above the mess the chaos that you're surrounded by and you will look to the kingdom above to the things which cannot be seen which give you hope are you looking not at what can be seen but at what cannot be seen let's pray